Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. 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 my favorite part. Put your hands together. I like keyboard heavy music. I'm a big fan of the, the rock group Biss. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to a special Cameronless Thanksgiving edition of Put Your Hands Together. Are you ready for some entertainment to be directed towards you? Does that sound good? Ready to do that? Yay. It kind of smells like there was a small fire in here. I don't know what happened. I think Doug might still be backstage. Hi. Are you guys having fun? Ready to do this? Have you been in the show before? No. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be very nice to you. You look absolutely... Not only is he terrified, but everyone got very terrified for him. <laughs> Everything's going to be cool. Uh, what's your name, sir? Greg. Greg. I don't know why I looked at you first, uh, but I like Greg's. <laughs> Greg's are pretty cool. Yeah? Huh? My name's Dan. They said that one through a loudspeaker. <laughs> I'm not trying to brag, because... It didn't stick, so how, good, how, how excited could you have been when Special Thing Records' least famous recording artist was announced through this... Hi. Are you from Los Angeles? No. No? Are you visiting? Where are you visiting from? Park City. Park City. Ooh. Where is that in Utah? I drove through Utah a few times. Holy shit. You're, you got real excited about the altitude. Mom, <laughs> 7,000 feet. Where the dwarves burrow beneath the mountain and unleash the Balrog. Um, so, so I was thinking like upways and sideways in Utah. You straight up told me like fucking straight up. What is it? So are, has your nose been bleeding like every five minutes down here? Like you go into the valley and it's just like, who are these people who live beneath the marcation line? What, 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 uh, what do you, wait, what? Wait, what did you say? I literally didn't hear what you said. What? It bleeds the other way? You, you're a vampire. Except with your nose part of your face. Do you have nose teeth? You have very nice mouth teeth, I must say. The way you smile, I would never have thought you weren't from Los Angeles. It's very attractive. That young person next to you keeps shouldering you. Do you know this person? Do you know that? No more or less? Okay, cool. What, 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 um, so you're a clan of some sort? The three of you? You seem familiar. You, you're rubbing body parts in a familiar way. Your shoulders mostly. Family? No, I didn't say clients. Clan. I'm a quarter Scottish. I say these things. Um, yeah, what brings you out here? I've only lived here since January, so I'm not like hoity-toity about LA. Thanksgiving? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Does this young man bring you out here? Are you here to visit him? We are. Are, are you did you escape the mountain? I did. Did you have to fucking like slay a Yeti to get out of there? <laughs> 7,000 feet. That, that is so fascinating, because I just drove up to Mount Baldy, and it was fucking terrifying, like going straight. Like I, I just wanted to like, let's see a mountain. And there's all these signs like, do not drive your car here unless you have, like, 
up, upwards of $15,000 of mountain climbing equipment. Your car has got claws for some reason. Like, it tell, like turn back, you know, this is where the, the mountain people live. Um, but yeah, like, so that town, is it like, do you, how do you escape? Do you, do you need skis or like? I have tunnel vision for these guys. I apologize to the other 99% of the audience who I've been showing my ass the last couple of seconds, but welcome to the show. But yeah, like, that's cool. I like that. I had to drive, I drove here from Chicago in January and I had to go through the Rocky Mountains in a Mazda 5, which is a station wagon. Super low to the ground. Uh, I, in August. But, the, but what was great was there was uh, thunderstorms the entire time I drove through the desert which I didn't think was the way the desert worked. I thought the desert was for sand and stuff and like Gila monsters and not being hit by tumbleweeds. I drove through Nevada and it was, I got fucking pummeled by tumbleweeds that were floating. There is nothing more terrifying than three in the morning, tumbleweeds just constantly going like six feet off the ground in front of your car. What, where did the fucking desert ghosts have out for me? It was t- I, I saw like 30 of those things before I, I realized what was happening. That's the fucking worst. It's like if that Radiohead video where the car with the headlights at night actually had something happening. Um, but yeah, welcome, you guys. How are you? How, are you? Are you okay in the front row? You've got two empty seats next to you. Is that intimidating you at all? Are you down? Strangers might walk in here at any point and claim those two seats. The only empty seats in the house, as far as I can tell, are right next to you. Does that work? Are you cool? What? You're going to spray something out of your armpit, is what I got from your body language just there. That would be awesome if you were an armpit skunk. Because you seem like a very nice, normal person. But the way you just did that, I, I just had a, I, I was just like, welcome, cryptozoological marvel. Um, what's your name? I'm Claire. Hi, Claire. And what's your name, sir? Noble? Noble? That's a great fucking name. And you have an amazing chin. Like, how great is that? At what point did you realize, I got the fucking chin to back up this name? Because <laughs> my name is Daniel, which means a gift from God, and I'm a big old doughy geek piece of shit. <laughs> so when I was 13, I was like, I, anything can happen with this chin. It's not going to solve any problems. So I ate pizza. Thank you, Book It program at Pizza Hut. Um, welcome to the show, you guys. I am an old friend of Cameron Esposito's. We did the, uh, the old open mics and such together in Chicago. And uh, I'm very happy to be out here doing comedies for you guys. We have a fucking great show. And you guys seem ready to fucking party. So let's party. I, I'm, this is my Thanksgiving right here. This is what I'm excited about. I, my family's out here. I'm not traveling. We're going to have a real laid-back Thanksgiving. This is my party. Tonight. I'm going to fucking rip the house down in the name of being gracious. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. I've, I've had the fucking worst year ever. Like, I've had, like, surgeries. been unemployed for six months. But now I've got a fucking job. I work on a TV show. And I am super fucking grateful for that. So with no irony, thank you for coming out to the show tonight. And I hope this is a fun time of year for you guys. Um, I have to be grateful uh, because I am a straight white person. And those are pieces of shit. Um, 
I'm not allowed to feel pride without being like, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's great, except for the, you know, what normal people like at this time of year. Like, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm glad I, I, I moved to a new town. I never lived in a new town before, because my whole life is just like, like when you, when, you, when you hang out with people like a proper Thanksgiving with like extended family... Everything was just like blueberries, pandas versus fish. Oh my god! The panda just blueberried the fish. That is what it sounds like anytime you try to talk about sports around me. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, all right, how about I bring a comedian out here and we get the show on the road? How's that sound? You ready to party? This first comic, I am super, super, super happy to do shows with. I fucking coached her on an improv team 10 years ago, and now she's been out here murdering it in Los Angeles longer than I have. Please give a huge round of applause to Jocelyn Hughes! <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey, don't apologize. I'm excited you're so close. You could have sat back there and then we wouldn't be like this. Who I I definitely wouldn't have thought. All right. Maybe I was too warm. Was I sure? I could have been. I'll think about it. Guys, I, I, uh, I was driving over here and I thought I left my phone at home and my stomach fell and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I totally freaked out. And then I, uh, I realized, you know, one day I want to have kids uh, and what if I leave them at home <laughs> and they break my phone or something <laughs> and I'm going to have to, you know, boot them out of the house, teach them a lesson. It's a $400 phone, you guys. Mommy doesn't have that much money. Get out! I, uh, I like to get drunk and go on Facebook. I, um, I would like to say that I was in a place where I didn't check my ex's Facebook page, but uh, I'm a human, okay? I'm a human with a heart, okay? I'm not some kind of robot who lets go of ideas and hopes, you know? <laughs> I've gotten drunk and looked through my ex's Facebook pictures so many times that at this point I feel like I've raised his children myself. <laughs> and if I ever meet them, which I will, <laughs> I want them to know that I was there for them, you know, for that first Thanksgiving, you know, that first Christmas. They're preschool graduation, you know? That time when I picked them up from school. <laughs> that time when I showed them their new house and introduced them to their new mommy. <laughs> you know? That time when the police officer came to the door and I was like, I don't want trouble, okay? I just want a family. You can take it. <laughs> because I'm, I'm just a nice person. Again, not a robot. Not a, not a robot. So I recently got engaged. Yeah. Yeah. More recently broke that engagement off. 
It's great. No, you guys, I'm doing great. I am, uh, per my therapist, I do whatever she says because uh, I'm a weak human, uh, very much a pile of nightmares. And she said, you have to go and date online. And I understand people do it. People fall in love all the time online. But I, uh, I'm not great at this thing. So I, I'm doing it. Um, and the best thing about Match.com is there, you can put a filter on the emails you receive. Because at first I was like, wait a minute, this guy's 80 and he lives in North Carolina. No, thank you. And they were like, no, you can put a filter on these emails so you don't even have to read them. But every time I log in, it's like, hey, we noticed you're getting a lot of emails that you've been filtering. Are you sure you don't want to look at them? Because I think Match knows something that I don't, which is basically like at some point I'm going to break. I'm going to be like, oh, hey, Bob, you're 50 and you live in Santa Clarita. Hi, not so bad. Not so bad after all, are you? Let's chat. Oh, I, I don't even know what to do. I, uh, this guy left me a voicemail, and then I want to I play it for you guys, but then I'm just a mean person. So my friend was like, maybe you could, maybe you could have somebody else call and leave a voicemail that kind of sounds like the guy, but says all the same things. I'm like, I'm still mocking a human being who's trying to make a connection with another human being. Therefore, I'm the worst person in the world. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> We're going to figure this out, right? I used to play a game with my fiancé, and ladies, please take note. Um, it's a fun one. It's a fun one. You wait till you're in like a really quiet, romantic place, okay? And you snuggle up to your guy, and you start kind of petting the back of his neck. And then you slowly lean over and whisper in his ear, Who is she? <laughs> and then if he's like, what, who, what are you talking about? You're like, oh my God, you do love me. <laughs> and if he goes into cardiac arrest, he's like in for a long run. You know, he's like, yeah. All right, a little too much. Oh, it's so hot. Uh, I had this boyfriend once that was obsessed with my boobs. Every time he saw him, he said the same thing. It was so stupid. He'd look at him and he'd go, Whoa, what's going on with those things, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to say every time, like, I don't know, there's boobs being boobs. <laughs> Not much has changed. I get all annoyed. But then I realized it was a bigger question he was asking. He was like, where do your boobs see themselves in five years? What are your boobs' dreams? And that is to go to law school, you know? This one, not. This one dropped out of high school. A little slutty. A little slutty, this guy over here. I'm sick of men calling women crazy, though. I, I think that's, uh, that's real stupid. Like, hey, we can create humans in our stomachs, okay? Sorry if we're off a couple days a month, you know? <laughs> it's magic, okay? That's not crazy. That's beautiful magic. You're just jealous because all you make in your tummy is farts. 
I had this ex called crazy. We fought about it all the time. He was like, oh, you're so insane. One time he was in the corner texting somebody. I'm like, what are you doing? Who are you texting? He's like, God, why do you got to be so crazy? I was like, I don't know, because you touch me when I'm naked. <laughs> Who are you texting, bud? <laughs> he was like, I'll tell you when you stop being crazy. I was like, that's not crazy. I will show you crazy. <laughs> so I waited a couple days and showed up outside of his work wearing a bloody wedding dress. <laughs> I'm carrying Cabbage Patch Kids. I referred to as our children. I just sang for hours and hours. I was like, this is crazy, asshole! Jonathan, go to bed! <laughs> yeah, so he didn't come outside for a really long time. Um, and when he finally did, he did not apologize. <laughs> he broke up with me. <laughs> I know. I'm going to tell you what's crazy, gentlemen in the audience and at home. <laughs> what's crazy is breaking up with a girl because she proved you wrong, okay? That's crazy. And Wilson Phillips, great pants. <laughs> When's the last time you guys listened to that beautiful catalog of jams, huh? Things are going to change. Things are going to go your way, okay? You just hold on. Oh, love for one more day. Wouldn't that be a great heavy metal band? <laughs> just like Wilson Phillips covers. Just like, things are going to be all right. Did it down, did it down. You know, just me. <laughs> Have a happy Thanksgiving, you guys. You've been great. I'm Jocelyn. So, um, hi, Jocelyn. Well, hello, Dan. Hi, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too. I've, I've, uh, I've seen you around a bunch since I moved here in yeah. January. I, uh, I hadn't seen you much at all because you moved out here... Four few... and a half years ago. Yeah. So, what were you up to in the... Because in, I, I, I would see you around the improv peoples all the time, like, it was like eight, ten years ago. It was literally ten years ago um, I started. Which is crazy. Uh, you still look very youthful. Uh, <laughs> you but too. the fact you that too. I coached you on an improv team that long ago is kind of fucked up and makes me question how old I am because... Uh, no, you started improv really early, though. It's when I was 18, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was in 1953. Uh, but yeah, uh, what, what, did, what were you up to before I managed to catch up to you? I don't know if I've ever gotten to ask you that. Oh, well, I went to New York first. And I was doing stand-up and babysitting. And you had a show with uh, Brooke Van Poplin. Yeah, there. yeah. And we did a sketch show together. We, we wrote a lot together. And then um, after that, um, I was just doing stand-up a lot. And then I got um, a job with Tosh.0 and came out here to do that. And was really relieved because I was, like, super broke and whatever. And... Um, I have been there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like the saddest. Uh, I was actually relieved when I was like, oh, I can sublet my apartment. I don't have to pay this month's rent because I don't have it type thing. And my rent was, you know, like $600. Anyway, then I came here and um, worked in the first three seasons of Tosh. And then I left there and I've been doing like writing jobs for like MTV and own just odd stuff. But you've gotten to do stand-up pretty much the whole time, right? You haven't had to take like a hiatus from stand-up. No, but I haven't been as able to focus on it as I was in New York. Like, New York, it was everything I ever did and thought about. 
And here it's like, okay, let's develop a set of skills. Jocelyn Hughes, you guys! Come on, give it up for Jocelyn Hughes, right? Thank you. I appreciate your additional generosity. I thought it would be tricky and come in the side door and I hit a guy that I knew with the door. That was really weird. Um, are, you, are you enjoying yourselves? Does this feel celebratory so far? Well, you, you raised your hand. You were raising the roof. Oh, okay, good. I was worried that we, things had already degenerated into like a teacher-student situation. Yes. I'm having a good time. Verbal interaction is beyond me, but you were trying to party this shit down. Is that? I don't think that's the reason they called that show Party Down. I don't think party this shit down makes any sense. Um, what's that? Did the mountain people say something? I thought I heard whispers from the mountain. All I'm saying is I have a lot of Lord of the Rings references I could be pulling out throughout this entire show, so don't fuck with the other comedians, but if you want to fucking tell me what's going on with Smog in the next movie, you just... You just yell that shit out. That got weird. Hi, everybody. Once again, this side of the room, I feel like I'm neglecting it. All I've done is accuse you of having um, armpit skunks. Um, are you all having a good time in this chunk? Are you enjoying it? That's good. That's good. Got a golf clap from you. That's, that's, that's great. Do you, do you enjoy golf? Not at all? Good. Fuck it. Right? Let's rise up against the golf. You hate golf? How much do you hate it? Like, that's a lot. <laughs> Were your parents killed by golf? <laughs> he gave me a look like some shit's going on. Uh, what's your name, buddy? Rob. Rob, let's talk about how golf murdered our parents later. Uh, in the meantime, what do you say? What, what? You don't want to talk about that? Why would a psychological scarring situation be off limits in a comedy show? Um, all right. I, I would very much like to bring our next comedian out. How does that sound to you guys? Does that sound doable? I also consider this a, uh, a close personal friend of mine. This guy's fucking hilarious. We saw Man of Steel together. Please give it up for Baron Vaughn, everybody. Okay, so, hey, Baron. Hey. It's me, your buddy, Dan Telfer. Danny Telfer. So, you're debating whether or not to put your set in the show, and I think, regardless, we should put this chat in the podcast. Well, definitely, definitely. We'll put the chat in. Set, still not sure about. You'll, well, you'll know when you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> Why are you unsure about it? Because there's a whale in it? Well, you know, because... A joke whale? Because, yes, because there's a joke whale in it. That is a big reason. Well, put your hands together. Obviously, it's a, it's a great show. It's a fantastic show. So, it's like... There's not a, there's not a lot of indie shows in, in, in L.A. where you know there's going to be a good audience. So that's when I like to bring the heat. Yes. So if I'm at a place in developing the material where I feel like it's not heat yet, I don't like to... I you see what I'm saying? Completely see what you're saying. I, yes. I just did a little set that I'm probably not going to put in the podcast. Okay. Because I'm trying to develop it for like a talk show set or something. And yeah, I, 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 had, I had a lot of fun doing it, but I was also like... Those sets go so much better when you're not ramming them in, too. Like, like, yeah. like the, the, I had a lot of fun riffing at the top of the show, and we'll right, definitely right, keep right. adding. But, like, uh, when you, whenever you're trying to plan something, it keeps you from accessing from certain... Accessing or, the actual parts of your brain that you need to access. And when you're doing, like, a fun show where you got a short set, like, if you overplan it, like, you're, you're micromanaging... Exactly. ...an appetizer. And, you know, I mean, obviously, I think that the audience is... Uh, 
the audience of this podcast is shrewd enough to know that I'm working on it. <laughs> I love it. I think you should keep it in because... They like process on I th- this They do. And I think people will listen to it and be excited to see what happens to it next. I think there's not enough opportunities for people to follow comedians the way they would follow a band or a musician. Right. And like, Which is one of my favorite things about this podcast. Podcasts are the new garage tapes. And <laughs> they are. And... Yeah. and and, and there's so f- there's not enough live comedy ones. It's like it, uh, you know there's this one. There's Greg Proops's podcast. Right. There's Smart the live Man shows the that all of them do. Yeah. Um, and those live shows are great. But like to just have pure stand up, like get a glimpse of the- exactly. Okay, I've decided you can le- leave the pod. You can leave the set in. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you, Baron, for of course. Thank you, Dan Telfer, everybody. Uh- we did see Man of Steel together. We both kind of walked out of there like, are we that old? That was just so loud. And I think that I did walk like this after. I was like, ah, I don't know. That was just so loud. I don't know. Oh, boo. Oh, I can't know. It's so real. It's so loud. Man of Steel. Superman. He's Galileo. All right. Um, that character will come back later in the set um, usually this is the part where I do a bunch of trailers for jokes I haven't finished yet but since this is an indie venue I'm just going to get right to the materials um, yeah I abbreviated material fuck you um, no I, uh, I've been just I'm so funny and uh, I've been writing so much lately and everyone's like why are you such a genius and the thing is that I, I figured out a way to, like, you know, like, uh, come up with a lot of material. All you got to do is hang out with funny people and put yourself in funny situations. Funny things happen, right? That's why I have been spending a lot of time with two priests and a rabbi. And, uh, like, every time we walk into a bar, I just take my notebook out. People are like, have you heard the one about it? I'm like, uh, I was there. <laughs> just one priest now. One of the priests got transferred to another bar. Uh, served a minor. Anyway, um... Oh. You guys got weird about reality? Okay. Sorry. I'll keep it pithy. I just got back from Korea. Uh, I did. I went to Korea. And uh, that was interesting. It was really refreshing to be the only black person in the country. Because... Everything I do became a stereotype. And I like to believe I left with a lot of positivity. Like, I think there's a lot of Koreans walking around going, black people, always reading. (laughs) I love Aristotle. Fans of the classics, great tippers. Um, (laughs) But I've been around the world, and there are a few things that... I've been noticing, like, I'm just seeing... I've I've been to a couple different countries, and uh, I'm learning that the N-word is one of our major exports. Um, I didn't think this would be the case, but it is. I still want to go to Tokyo. I want to go to Japan, and uh, I have a Japanese friend who was born in Japan and was telling me that a lot of Japanese teenagers are using it, just walking around the streets, throwing it out willy-nilly. And I I wasn't upset because it makes total sense. Like, if you love hip-hop, you know, the most popular music in the world, and you don't really speak English, there's, like, this one word that keeps showing up over and over again, really insistent. It must be a code. 
they go. Maybe that's what cool people are calling each other. Wait a minute. I'm cool. Everyone I know is cool. And now, thanks to Kanye, I have a way to let all the cool people know I think they are cool. So I will not be surprised. I will know it's not for me when I'm walking through Tokyo and I hear, Konnichiwa, my nigga. I'm like, oh, obviously, obviously the prime minister must be near. And they wanted to make, let him know <laughs> he's doing a good job. Um, I still have this one experience I can't wrap my head around. I, uh, I'm an actor, which is a horrible thing to be. It's just horrible. And I took it seriously. Like I went to theater school. I did all this stuff. And, and now, thanks to that, no one takes me seriously as a black person, which is unfortunate. Because that's what everybody wants everyone to be in every movie. It's just like, just be black? Can't you just be black? And uh, if I would have known that that's what they wanted, I would have just concentrated on being born in England, because that's where we're getting all our black Americans from right now. <laughs> It's like, what, you're British? Put him on the wire. Um, so I went to study Shakespeare in England. That was my version of that. And when I was there, I was like, I'm dating a British chick. That was my MO. I was like, I want an authentic experience. I'm getting with the girl from the UK. You can call me the IRA in the 80s because I'm going to blow shit up. But um, so naturally, I ended up dating the American RA of a building that my friend lived in. And we were walking down the street, and I was... Like, tonight, just killing. Like, everything I said, you know, she was just loving me. Like, everything I said was like, you know, gem, gem, diamond, blood diamond. And, like, I probably said something incredibly accurate and unique and pithy and original. Like, British people be like, oi, you know, just like, nail, hammer, hit it, you know. Oi, you know how Brits are. And down the street, and I still don't understand, down the street, this guy stopped in his tracks and kind of turned like this. Never turned his whole body. Just a half body. Uh, you know, velociraptor, ready to pounce. And so I got up closer to him, and I saw that he was waiting for us. And he was also like a six-foot-two uh, British gentleman, white, in his mid-50s, uh, wearing all black, head-to-toe, black leather boots, a trench coat that went down to his ankles. And then the two most important things he had were a cello case and an eye patch. So many questions. And so I got closer, and he's like, yes. And I was like, mm, no, no, what is happening? Who are you? He's like, you called me. No. I didn't. I did not call you. I did not say anyone's name. I was talking to my girlfriend here about uh, expressions that British people use. There are a couple things that I have seen. They're very unique to me. They stick out. You know, like if language is a salad, I've been eating the salad here in England, and then there's a crouton. Oh, what's that? And the crouton is the expression, oi. To you, it's nothing, because you are used to it. But to me, I'm like, that's crunchier than I'm used to. So I was just telling her, like, hey, here's a crouton of language that I have heard on the salad of English. That's oi. Oi is what I said. I said oi. And he's like, Yes! I am Oi. How can I help you? And I was like, um, I'm Baron. Nice to meet you. And put my hand out. Didn't shake it. He just looked at it and blew away. And I still have no idea what happened. First of all, why are you mad? Your name is Oi. That's essentially being named Hey. People say that all the time. Really? You got to your 50s and you haven't gotten used to people saying oi like they're not calling you. He can't even go to a soccer match, am I right? <laughs> Who's calling me? What? Who is it? Why do you know my name? Who are you? Why? Oh, my eye! Oh, my eye's been poked out! Why would someone keep a hot dog at that height? And I already have an eye patch on this one. 
that joke is so... It's just becoming Moby Dick. That joke is just a white whale that I cannot understand and figure out. And I'm like, what the Ishmael is going on? I'll leave with the joke. I like to tell this one because it upsets people. Uh, I have clear braces, uh, and I got clear braces because I was tired of my teeth accurately describing my soul. And... um, I'm almost done, so they don't hurt anymore, but at the beginning, they, you know, your teeth are moving around, so sometimes I'd wake up in the morning with a bloody mouth. Disgusting. Very upsetting. And I remember one time I, I woke up with, a, uh, with so much blood in my mouth that every sentence I said ended with a period. Now, <laughs> that's usually what happens. People are like, why? Why did this happen? And I don't know why I keep expecting an audience to stand on their feet, <laughs> applaud, hoist me into their shoulders, usher me out into the town square and proclaim me imperator and just say, the dark ages are over for the light of pun has been shined upon us. But people just groan. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> All right. Good night. <laughs> You ready to keep this comedy train uh, rolling down those tracks that they have? I I think you were scared that I was going to talk about trains for a while. You ready to do this? I'm waiting for you know what. Are you guys ready to party? There we go! Uh, I love our next comedian. He is a writer for Betty White's TV show, uh, which is glorious. He used to see me uh, walking to my job while he would drive to his job. And he used to tweet about it. And I he's going to hit me with his car someday. He wants to kill me. Uh, but he is actually a very delightful person. Please give it up for TJ Chambers, everybody. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Me driving to my job while Dan walked to his. So think about that. Just think about how that works. Um, I know you're prepared for some scintillating, cutting-edge comedy with the whole Betty White thing. Try to strap in. Like, who's really going to push the envelope? Let's get that fucking Betty White guy. That's going to be great. <laughs> she's, a, she's a delightful woman. She actually politely refused to do one of my jokes the other day because it implied that when you're at home watching YouTube clips, you might be doing it pantsless. <laughs> and, like, she thought we were trying to do a masturbation thing or whatever, but I was just like, no, almost everybody in here, if you're sitting at home watching a bunch of dumb YouTube clips, rarely, if ever, wearing pants. This is how that goes. It's like when you're doing something that dumb and frivolous, pants don't need to enter the equation. You're just like, I'm sorry, you guys don't need to see this. You stay over there. I'll put you back on later when we watch Charlie Rose. Well, he's interviewing former UN Secretary General Kofi Annan. That's a pants situation. Before that, it's not. Uh, I'm happy to have a job. A lot of people either don't have one or don't like one. I had a friend of mine recently. She was complaining about her job, and she said, I might just quit and become a high-priced call girl. And I was like, ugh, you know the market determines that. <laughs> and not you, right? You can't just declare yourself a high-priced anything. I've listened to enough Marketplace on NPR to know there's an element of supply and demand involved. <laughs> Another buddy of mine got fired from his job, and he worked at the unemployment office. <laughs> How fucking bad do they want you gone? They're like, we'll send you a check anyway. Just please don't come here. Done. 
I, my old job was uh, I used to work at a really fancy restaurant. And in an effort to be politically correct, instead of calling them busboys, we called them server assistants. Or if you're abbreviating, essays. So that's better. I sounded really great being like, hey, I need a few of you essays to clear off table 13. Thanks. Juan, you're my favorite essay. You guys can probably tell from jokes like that that I'm the urban portion of the show. It's really when it gets exciting. I actually did a show recently, and I felt really bad because I had to cut my shet sort. Uh, my, my shet sort? That's what I'm saying. I've been doing it backstage. I had to cut it short and leave uh, because I had tickets to go see Mumford & Sons. And I realized that because of the way that I look, that could just be a general all-purpose excuse in my life. <laughs> like, no matter where we are or what we're doing, I could just turn to you and say, I'm sorry, I have to go see Mumford & Sons, and run out of the fucking room. <laughs> and you'd have no choice but to be like, I believe him. I don't know, look at the guy. <laughs> I didn't even know they were touring, but he probably knows. <laughs> probably knows. I live in this uh, neighborhood. It's obviously a real tough neighborhood. That's why I identify with what's going on on the streets. Um, the people who really, uh, I think, speak the most of my life experience are like the early 90s rappers. That's really who's singing about what's going on with me. And uh, there's almost everything that they say I completely identify with. But there's a couple lines in a couple songs that I can't really get behind. Like, you guys know uh, a Snoop Dogg song called Gin and Juice? Probably does anybody know this song? If you know the end of this line... Uh, finish it with me. He says, I got bitches in the living room getting it on, and they ain't leaving till 6 in the morning. Personally, I think 6 a.m. is just a weird time to make your bitches leave. <laughs> like, nobody wants to be on the road at 6 a.m. I like to let my bitches crash on the futon, you know? We sleep till 10, 30, 11, we have a scone. I don't know, that's how that goes. <laughs> Another one that I love, one of my favorite songs by Easy e it's called Boys in the Hood. Uh, some of you have heard this tune. He has a great line where he says, uh, Chase him up the spot to call a truce. The silly motherfucker pulled out a deuce deuce. Little did he know I had it loaded 12 gauge. One sucker dead, LA Times front page. First of all, a gang shooting in 1992, that's middle of the lifestyle section at best. <laughs> Not trying to be mean, but this is a big town. If one of you shot me right now, the only way that makes the cover of the LA Times is if I fell onto a neatly folded copy of the LA Times. <laughs> And that's not happening because print is dead, is the point I'm trying to make here, I think. Also, little did he know I had a loaded 12-gauge. Easy E, you were five feet two inches tall. Where the fuck were you concealing a loaded shotgun? <laughs> who was this other guy who was like, all right, I'm at the spot. Presumably, we're discussing the truce. All right, there's Ease. I don't really know why he's wearing a floor-length leather duster in July. <laughs> not a problem, though. I've brought my deuce-deuce. A caliber of weapon more suited to hunting pheasant. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, by don't applaud, but by show of knowing glance. Any of you guys sneak in some booze tonight? Anybody? I see some knowing glances. I come to shows here all the time, and uh, I used to believe the sign that they have that says, like, it, you cannot bring in any outside containers. It's against the rules. And, like, I'm a rules follower, so I was like, I better keep this flask on the DL and just kind of sip. But then I was sitting in my row, and I saw literally people just flagrantly, a guy uncapping like a Belgian Hefeweizen, and then a girl like uncorking a bottle of Petite Syrah. I was like, you guys are out of control, UCB. I don't even know how that guy got a pony keg under his seat. This is crazy. At one point, someone just yelled, more brandy, and a goddamn St. Bernard ran in with like a barrel around its neck. 
It's an adventure. <laughs> to the people who write the slogans for chocolate chip cookie companies, ever stop to think that maybe my grandma couldn't cook for shit? <laughs> Just like who used to make? Because those were terrible. Know your audience, cookie people. Yeah, it's those kind of gems. You guys should come over to my house while I'm writing these. It's really, it's as much fun as you think. I found out recently that AT&T still stands for American Telephone and Telegraph. Try this sometime, just to mess with them. Go in and complain about your telegraph bill. See what happens. Like, I thought I had unlimited grams. What happened to my rollover dashes? That's a Morse code punchline. Thanks, guys. Uh, Anybody who laughed at that, come hang out with me after the show. We can all get not laid. That's what a Morse code punchline will do for you. A lot of people say a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I say, what the fuck are you talking about? This is so weird. Uh, Has anyone anywhere ever pushed a crosswalk button only once? Have you ever seen someone like, boop, it'll change? I have faith in both my city's infrastructure and the Department of Transportation, so I will wait here patiently. Usually people buzz that thing like they're running in for Jeopardy. They're like, oh my God, I know this one. What is, I want to be on that side of the street because they have a Jamba Juice. I want to do a quick audience poll before I go. Uh, One of my very favorite things in comedy is I get to go down and perform at Comic-Con every year, and I love it. And I know that as I travel the country, a lot of people aren't quite on that nerd level But I know that even if you're not, you've all thought about that thing, which is like, what superpower would I pick if I could pick one superpower? So by show of hands, if you would do, uh, like, flight, who would go with power of flight? Right? Soar like the majestic pigeon. That's a great one. If you do super strength, uh, like like Chad Smash, who would do super strength? That's a good one. In this scenario, your name is not the Hulk, it's Chad. There's a licensing reason. Uh, Here's one that a lot of people don't think about. Raise your hand if you would do invisibility. Hmm? Ladies, look around. Those are the creeps. I tricked them into revealing themselves. Oh my God, invisibility is a creepy superpower. That is bank vaults and ladies' locker rooms, and that is all that is good for. You can't save anybody with invisibility. Nobody ever went, we were about to hijack this plane, but I started getting a really weird feeling from that empty seat over there. So we decided to call it off. Invisibility. I wish no one could see me. Get the fuck away from me. Uh, I'm going to end on this note. This has been uh, obviously super geeky, so I'm just going to end it like gross because that's, hey, that's comedy. That's fun. Ha ha. Uh, One of the things I hate about being a guy is that other guys always assume that it's cool to just tell you about their weird sexual exploits. It's like they pretend like we're in a locker room all the time. But I want them to think I'm cool. So like a guy recently told me a story. He was like, I was doing this girl from behind and she sneezed and she totally tightened up and everything was great. And instead of my natural reaction, which is, uh, I had to be like, yeah, bro, that's why I always bring a pepper grinder on dates. I'm just like, enjoy. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm going to see She runs a show once a month at the Nerd Melt Theater, a fucking awesome place called Hello Giggles. Please give it up for Melissa Stevens! Hey, guys. Okay, cool. That's it. Um, (laughs) That's all I'm going to do. I just want to say, last Thanksgiving, I spent the entire day home alone by myself just Instagramming it and then went to IHOP at 11 p.m. 
Cool. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to make things topical. Uh, I was in special ed until I was in high school. I, because I used to do this thing where I used to take shits outside. <laughs> Not as a baby. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I was really fascinated by like the texture of shit. <laughs> I still sort of am. I always look at my toilet paper. Um, <laughs> I didn't need to put that out there. And so I would like, I had one friend, her name was Andrea, and I'd like run up the street and I'd be like, hey, let's go. I'm from Georgia. And I'd be like, hey, let's go outside and let's take shits and wipe our ass with leaves. Because <laughs> uh, you know how people play like teacher with leaves? We just took shits and <laughs> wiped our asses with leaves. Everyone feels weird. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, and I used to do this thing where I would just like stick my tongue out and everyone just got so freaked out. Um, <laughs> And I'd never put it back in my mouth, like, in school. And I carried around a deck of cards because I was, like, ready to play speed with anybody. <laughs> I was like, let's go. And when you do that, when you stick your tongue out for a really long time, you just, like, drool everywhere. <laughs> I know. And it was, like, reading time, and I was building a house of cards. Not, no book in sight. And I was just drooling all over my desk. And I thought I was so fucking funny. I was like, they don't even get it. And <laughs> like, they don't know what's happening. My teacher was like, put your tongue back in your mouth. And I was like, uh-uh, I want to win. Wasn't playing anybody. <laughs> um, I didn't start masturbating until much later in life. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I just believed it didn't. Like, women didn't do it, because my parents suck. And so I started at 26. <sighs> Feel that. Um, so I'm, like, making up for lost time. And I, <laughs> I masturbated outside of my house once. Uh, at the Grove. Um, the farmer's market, to be more precise. Um, oof, sorry. I didn't go there to do it. I'm not a psychopath. Okay. I was there, and everyone seemed really fucking happy. And I wanted to be happier. So I went and rubbed one out. Grossest thing you could ever say at a show. Um, and then I bought a sweater from Forever 21, and it was like, I had a good day. And <laughs> bye-bye. Um... Uh, my therapist has, uh, yeah, I have a therapist. It doesn't matter. It's one of those sliding scale ones, so settle down. Um, and, like, uh, a term that she uses with me is, like, acting out on Twitter. Like, I'm not allowed to anymore. <laughs> not, yeah, I do a lot. Uh, um, I also, uh, was, like, dating this guy. We weren't, actually, we were not. We were fucking, he didn't like me, and I added his hometown into my weather apps. <laughs> We're not together. Um, I did recently just learn that Pink Floyd is a band and not one person. Hmm. Cool. Um, I uh, am a terrible drunk. And when I lived in New York, um, like, I don't know if you guys know, if you throw up in a cab, you have to pay them $30. What? And I've done it a bunch of times, so... And I, um, <clears throat> I was, like, fucking this guy who hated me, and I was really broke. <laughs> we'll just skate past that. And I 
didn't have any money and I like was like going out after work and like was having like Guinness and the bar the ruffles which were the bar snacks super remember all of this and that's not English but I was in special ed so <laughs> and I was like downing it and I was like this feels like dinner and I was like telling this girl that I was like fucking this guy and she was like me too and I was like I'm just gonna fucking show up at his house uh, was my next thought which is an insane thought to have when you hear that that's like oh don't do it and this was like before texting so I like went and dialed his phone I was like ming, ming, and <laughs> that really annoying sound like and uh, <laughs> like I've never sound like that in life uh, and so I like uh, it was also like Christmas time in New York and I bought myself a purse uh, for Christmas because like no one else would buy me anything and <laughs> that got sad Okay, uh, <laughs> and so I like went and got into a cab, and like he lived in fucking Bumblefuck Brooklyn, and I was like, "Fucking take me there." And I was much drunker than I thought I was, and so I, uh, <laughs> I like got in the cab, and I was like, "No, we're gonna." And I realized I like wasn't gonna make it, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't, I didn't have thirty dollars, so I just opened my purse <laughs> and <laughs> threw up in it. And then shut it and was like, he's never gonna know. He's uh, never gonna know. And then we keep going. And I, you know when you're like, so you're drunk, but you're not blackout, but everything's dark? <laughs> it's a small difference, but it's real. And it's the kind where like, you know things are there, but you can't see them. And blackouts where you fucking just don't remember and you just wake up and you're like well cool that felt great um, <laughs> and so then like I have to puke again I open my purse I throw up in it I shut it and I'm still like <laughs> no point in my like I should go home <laughs> and a third time I open my fucking purse and throw up in it and then we get to where we're going now it's fucking raining outside it's like a bad Meg Ryan movie and I have to pay him <laughs> And so I, like, reach into this fucking purse. And it's literally just, like, liquid ruffles. I can just... It's like... Uh, and I can't really see because I'm the dark kind of drunk. And I'm like... Uh, I somehow give him, like, a wet 20. And I, like, get out. And he fucking doesn't even take me to where I'm going. And that, we haven't even left Manhattan. Oh, I'm not fucking done. And so I go to a payphone and just leave a really sad, like, drunk dialing message from a payphone, which you really only have three minutes. And it was, like, something really sad because the guy, pay, like, played it for me the next day, and it was just like, oh, oh well, <laughs> I am trained together. I love you, and I'll see you at work tomorrow. Um, that's the saddest thing you can say. <laughs> is I'll see you at work tomorrow. Uh, and then that guy fucked me in the ass without asking. What? Hey, guys, man, Listen. I'm not against it, just need a heads up. You know what I mean? Let me know what's happening. Um, I guess I'm not gonna leave you on that, that felt weird. Um, one time I got on an airplane and uh, I started my period and I just bled all over the seat and then I got off. Nope, okay. Um, I was like hoping it might crescendo into something, uh, but it did it. That's cool. Um, I'm too broke to kill myself. Man, you guys are really happy. Um, well, guys, that's been my time. I'm Melissa Stevens. Thanks, guys.
How are we doing? We good? We good? Oh, I like the sound of that. Our next comedian is going on tour next week with Jimmy Fallon. Give it up for Julian McCullough! Uh, well, hi, Julian. Uh, it's been uh, cool to meet you, and you had a great set. So you're you're saving it. You're pocketing it. Well, there's a I'm doing. I'm working on a. a a monster bit. I mean, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to change a lot and it's going to change a lot of lives. It's a humanitarian so, bit. Yeah. And it's, it's about the babysitter's club and I just, <laughs> I can't really afford to have it out there yet because, um, much like, uh, like, you know, all the major artworks, like they, if you put them out before they were ready, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have had the impact. You know what I mean? I like do. Picasso's blue period. He, I do. Do you know that he painted like 85 blue paintings before he even showed his first one? No. Me neither. I've just made that up, but it sounds like the same thing that I'm talking about. It was a perfect, <laughs> it was, it was a perfect analogy if it were true. So um, you're going on tour with Mr. Fallon next yes, week. Yes, Jimmy Fallon. Have He's you done this before? The happiest man on earth, I think. Are you um, a New York guy? No, but he. Uh, I did Fallon when I was in New York. And um, they, he wanted to, he wants to perform, but he, he wanted some guys to open for him because he doesn't really have an hour <laughs> of material, I don't think. Awesome. Um, which I don't think he cares if I say that. I think he, you know, it's, he hasn't been focusing on his stand up lately. So he's having us open for him, and I'm, I'm one of the lucky guys that gets to go with him. Well, I mean, uh, it, it might seem a bit of a, uh, an interesting comparison, but that's. I mean, Louis C.K. has said publicly that, like, when he starts his new hour, he goes out there and just throws it away, and there's, like, a very, very choppy, like, hour that he tries to hammer into something. And those, Yeah. I think he said in interviews, uh, after he does an hour, there's, like, a, a, a string of dates where he's like, this is going to be weird, everybody. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. Is, that's, this is, uh, they're not seeing what they think they're going to see. Right, but, you know, Louie and Jimmy are both experienced enough. They know how to make that really funny. It's, yeah. It's, it's just the beginning of a new chapter in their stand-up. Right. And they were busy doing many other things. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. They're um, not open mic people. Right. Yeah, um, I like this. This is a fun interview because you're talking about other comedy interviews. <laughs> in, the, in the interview, <laughs> that's good. You know, but uh, I. That's... But I always have been curious about that because I know when he throws it out, there's got to be that period when he first goes back out where it's like barely yeah. there. Have you, you know thrown I mean? out an hour yet? No, I've never really done that. I've I've definitely thrown away an hour worth of stuff, <laughs> but I've never thrown away a solid hour that I just wrote and did and am never doing again. Is that something you want to eventually do? I mean, there's like this whole we're in this weird part where like a lot I, of a lot I just of... have a I have a different relationship with every joke of mine because my jokes are very um, uh, autobiographical. Like they, I thought of them during a certain point in my life, and once I get grow past that point, I can't go back and tell that joke because yeah. it just feels like I'm lying to people. So well, good for you for actually injecting that much integrity into your bits. Yeah, but I never. It's never like a a, a, co a coherent hour of standup that I'm talking about. It's oh, always yeah. like one joke here, one joke there. That I'm just like I can't do that joke anymore, you know. And so I throw them away that way, but never as like a a grand. Uh, but if I do like if I might do an hour for comedy central this this year and if i do i can't do that i mean once it's like an hour on television and it's on dvd form and all that you can't you can't keep doing it no i know? i mean i yeah i i i imagine one of the most exciting things about doing an hour on tv is 
Never having to do that stuff again. Yeah, yeah. You're actually I know. saying goodbye. Yeah. In this way, when you're just hitting, it's like the road. a clean breakup, and that yeah. never exists in it's real life. It's a fucking perfect breakup. Yeah. You have this really close knit relationship, with, like a lot of uh, appreciation and hatred and resentment all yeah. weaved in together. Yeah, exactly. You finally earn a venue. Yeah. Where you get the audience you want. Right. And then. And then you, you, know, you, you, you have an ideal th- situation, and you get to say farewell. And yeah, and then you just quit comedy. <laughs> you, just, you just go. Well, I don't feel like writing any another hour, so I'm gonna just quit comedy. I just, you know, it seems working at Google sounds pretty sweet, so maybe I'll do that. I hear they have great health benefits. Yeah, that's true. Jamie McCullough, yeah. woo! You guys have been fantastic, and we have one more comedian. Are you excited for this? Yeah. Does that sound like a good plan? Holy shit, I have, I, although I have a disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen, there are multiple places in this world, and some of them have dialects and different ways of talking it in your face ears, and listen, those, those dialects and those accents are important parts of our culture, and this next comedian, he is not British, my wife is British and I love her, but I'll tell you what, her land has fake magical creatures, they have dragon bullshit, they have a bunch of books about a wizard who fell on his face and cut it or something. <laughs> This is a man from the land of tiger quals and kangaroos that punch you in the face and cassowaries that look like for real's fucking dinosaurs, you guys. Please give it up for none other than Will Anderson, everybody. Hello, UCB. Uh, I'm from Australia. That's what that means, which is why I'm drinking. I'm the only person who is drinking tonight. Also, backstage, there are lots of beers, and I kept having them, and nobody else was having them, and I felt weird about that. But now I don't feel weird about it. (laughs) Australians like to fucking drink. This is how much we like to drink. At our airport in Sydney, there's a bit of graffiti in the men's toilet, and it sums up my entire country. It might as well be our national emblem. It just says in big letters, I fucked your mum. Now, by itself, I admit, not that clever. But underneath, in different handwriting, somebody's written, Dad, you're drunk, go home. (laughs) That's all you need to know about my country. It's weird that you're here with your dad, so that's fantastic, which is great. My dad doesn't drink. He's the only Australian who's never had a drink. So when I grew up, I just wanted to fucking do everything because you want to rebel against your dad, right? So here's what I used to do. I used to break into my parents' medicine cabinet and I would take all the drugs out of the medicine cabinet. But that's dangerous, right? That's dangerous. So here's what I would do because I was smart. I would ring up the drug advisory hotline on the back of the bottle. So I'd be like, oh, my God, my friend just took 20 of the red pills is he gonna die they'd be like it's okay calm down he'll just hallucinate for a couple of hours i'd be like fucking sweet <laughs> smart so uh, <laughs> smart everything's bad for you now though right everything i read in the paper the other day that they've now linked a rare form of throat cancer to too much oral sex I was reading that going, even if that's true, shh. (laughs) Don't let that get around. It's hard enough to get someone to do that at the best of times. (laughs) Fucking tell them that it cures cancer. (laughs) Don't want to be in some bar with some girl and she's like, oh, no, thanks, I'm trying to quit. (laughs) I was going through 25 a day. That's okay, I'm on the patches now. I'm on the dickerettes. (laughs) 
everything's bad for you. Everything's bad for you these days. I'm I'm unhealthy. I have a thing called osteoarthritis in my hips, which is yeah, it's an old. Seventy percent, uh, sorry, fifty percent of people over seventy have osteoarthritis. That it's an old person's thing. But I also have it, and I am under forty, which is not cool. Basically, what it means is my hips click when I walk. Oh yeah, hello ladies. <laughs> Nothing that turns a girl on, quite like the idea of being fucked by a metronome. <laughs> so hard for me to climax when they're like, is 60 minutes about to start? <laughs> I am now the face of osteoarthritis in Australia. This is a true story. They were excited when they found out I had it because they were like, oh my God, you're under 70, you can be in our ad. I, I didn't want to be in their ad. No young person who's single wants to be in an ad for wonky hips, right? But... I fucking did it because they made me feel guilty. I was like, oh, well, they want to raise awareness and they can't go on a march. So I... <laughs> I mean, they can't, can they? What do we want? To sit down! When do we want it? Already did it, you dickhead. So... <laughs> Man, it's, everything's bad for you. I'm trying to lose weight because apparently if you lose weight, it's better for your hips. Man, can't lose weight in your country. Everything is food here. Everyone is just like, eat some more. Every oh, my God. <laughs> I have been touring around your country. There are some states in America. I don't fucking know if you know this, America, but it's fucking weird. Here it is. There are some states that have the death penalty. That's weird already. But that, here's the weirder bit. In some places, they have the death penalty. If you are going to the electric chair, they will bring you your final meal. Where the fuck did that quirk of the law come from, America? Let's walk through that logic for a second. You are the worst person on the planet. You are so bad, we cannot keep you in a prison for the rest of your life. No, no, you are so bad, we have to fry you to death in a chair. But first, are you hungry, love? <laughs> what can we get you? We don't want you frying on an empty tummy now, do we? Oh, my God, if I was going to the electric chair, all bets are off my fucking diet that day. I don't care about my fucking wonky hips when I'm going to the electric chair. I am ordering carbs, carbs, car fuck it. I'm just going to order a tub of butter. <laughs> and some unpopped corn. Just so when they flick the switch. <laughs> it's horrible, but it smells like the movies. <laughs> I like it here, this fucking green light. That's flattering, isn't it? Everyone looking here tonight, I feel like I'm an episode of fucking CSI. Oh, semen everywhere. I, uh... <laughs> anyway, it's good to be here. You guys are fucking brilliant. It's been, can you understand a word I'm saying? I talk very quickly and I'm not in your language. Well, I am, but you, anyway, whatever. I, I love it here in America, in California. Gay marriage is here now, which is yay. Yay. Good on you guys. Not in Australia yet, boo. Uh, some of my Australian friends are like, oh, you live in West Hollywood. Do you see men holding hands with other men? Yes. Every day I see men holding hands with their... And I fucking love it. I love it because I'm in America. And if I see a man holding hands with another man, that means at least two hands that do not have guns. <laughs> if they have got a cock in each of the other hands, here's what I feel. Safe. <laughs> I fucking love it. Of course gay people should be able to get married. Some people still say, oh, well, it's a sickness. Shut 
the fuck up. Imagine being told the way you're born, the person that you're in love with is a... Hey, what happened to Darren? Fuck, you'll never believe it, mate. Um, he went out in the cold and he wasn't wearing a jacket and now he loves cock. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard that's gone round. <laughs> ring a radio station in Australia. This is true. A guy ring a radio station on a cell phone, a mobile phone. That's what we would call that, but a cell phone, as you say here. He rang a radio station on a cell phone and he made this complaint. He said, a man having sex with another man is unnatural. It is unnatural. Now, you're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. I don't agree with that, but you're allowed to believe that. But don't fucking ring a radio station on a cell phone and say something is unnatural. Fuck you. You are ringing a radio station on a computer that is more powerful than the first rocket that went into space. You bought it for less than $600. It is not connected to any wires, yet you speak your bigotry into this supercomputer. It flies through the air, dodging all the other fucking... Ma- I'm not really sure how it works. But I, I imagine that's how it works. To a radio station where it is then rebroadcast, dodging all the other fucking messages into my cab where I hear that shit. Unnatural? I should burn you as a witch, motherfucker. That's unnatural. A man sticking his dick in a hole has been around since there was dicks and holes in the same place. Since the exact moment a man with a dick walked into a place where there was a dick-sized hole, I guarantee you that man thought, fuck, maybe I should stick my dick in that hole. That's when it happened. The most... Yeah, even Dad liked that one. I... Right? The other one, oh, this is the one that really offends me. I should leave, but you guys are... But yay, by the way. This feels good. Again, happy Thanksgiving. I'm not really sure what that is, but we don't have it. They're like, what do you do for... In, in Australia? Like, honestly, I was hiring a car, and the woman said, what do you do in Australia for Thanksgiving? I was like, we don't have that. That's a thing that you have, where you were like, ah, oh, we stole your stuff, let's eat. I don't, I'm not really sure what the celebration is. Am I bringing up sensitive stuff? Anyway, what... Yay, we've got to finish. Anyway, so, thanks. You guys have been brilliant. I appreciate that very much. Because you know what? I don't mean to mock America. I love America. I live here now. And we are your number one ally. Do you know this? Like, Australia is your number one ally. Every time America is like, we're going to a war that makes no sense, Australia's like, fuck, we'll come. (laughs) We are Millhouse to your Bart Simpson. (laughs) Will we never get out of it? Will we achieve nothing? Fuck it, let's go. Come on. So I'm with you, I'm with you, but fucking gay. Some people say, oh, well, uh, gay people just choose to be gay. What the fuck? Why would you choose a life of prejudice and discrimination? You're clearly born away and that's what you like, right? I guess I, in the old days, I know why it'd be cool to be gay. Because in the old days, I see there was advantages to being a gay man. In the old days, if you're a gay man, you were not allowed by law to get married. In the old days, if you're a gay man, you're not allowed by law to have a baby. In the old days, if you were a gay man, you were not allowed by law to join the army. And as far as I'm concerned, tick, 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 high five. (laughs) That is my ideal life right there. If you could guarantee me those three things, guess what? I would suck a little cock. Uh, I mean, not heaps, but enough. And, I mean, suck cock or go to war, I would not even wait for the thinking music in that situation. (laughs) They'd be like, hey, Will, they've declared war. Can't hear you. Got cocks in my ears. (laughs) 
Hey, Will, you've been drafted. Sorry, you're being attacked by a octopus. You guys have been brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for coming out. Thank you to Cameron out in Chicago for letting me guest host. Thank you to Ryan up in the booth. Thank you to Rio out there in Chicago with Cameron and all of our comedians tonight. You guys were absolutely fantastic. Enjoy your holiday. I'm Dan Telfer or something. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.